Coming to you from New Richmond, Somerset, Wisconsin. Coming to you. All right, this is Filmology. Coming to you from New Richmond, Somerset, Wisconsin. I am one of the co-hosts, Johnny G, and today I am joined with... Nick Weninger in the Average Man Review. Andy Tiedemann. I still have nothing. I'm a useless piece of shit, but I got out of my cave. Tyler Ruzan, follower of film. Oh, Megan Hampson with uh, Nothing Fancy over here. Thank you, Megan. I got you. So, on today's show, we are going to be taking a look at three films. Popstar, Never Stop, Never Stopping, The Lobster, and Me Before You. We're going to have the top five be top five romantic movies. I want to start off really quick with talking about the film poll that we have going on right now. Nick, uh, at the moment, Fight Club is winning with 30%. Megan, Life of Pi with 20%. Basically, everything else is 10% besides Interstellar, which has 0%. I hate all of you internet people. Don't blame the internet. It's a bad choice. You didn't sell it well enough. That's on you. I really thought people would dislike... Piranha, you know, which I really, I really want the interstellar debate, but oh, yeah, we, 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 still, we can have we, the we debate have later. More, it's we just still not... have one more week, so we'll see. He all, won't all win. Of you out there. Fight Club will win Fight because will everyone loves win. Fight Club. All right, let's just start off with film news. Nick, you want to start us off so I don't take anybody's? Just failing all over the place My today. Is that Anthony Hopkins has been cast in the new Transformers movie, which poses two questions for me. Either he's broke and doesn't <laughs> and needs money or maybe Transformers 5 is actually going to be kind of decent I mean this is going to be their last uh, movie nope <laughs> they say it's going to be the last movie is it the last Michael Bay movie or is it the last movie that's a good question we okay. don't know However, Michael Bay has said that this is the last Transformers movie, so that's all I know. And Thank they God. cast Anthony Hopkins, which is a class act guy. He's Doesn't he's he's not gonna be a person though. He's gonna be a bearded giant transformer <laughs> robot. I he's hope just gonna whir so. and scream. I I hope that <laughs> I hope that they've realized that everything they've made essentially since the first one has been a big pile of poop. So because the first one actually wasn't that bad. Like it I had a good love the first one. It's a fun movie. It had good, it had fun characters, it had good action, good plot, and the rest were just CGI and money-making machines that didn't give a crap about what it was actually doing. So this movie, maybe after, you know, signing a big name who is actually a serious actor, maybe this movie will actually have some depth. I mean, oh. they did have That's Leonard Nimoy, take, so. though, uh, for one of them, and that didn't help them much. Yeah, but they didn't, but they didn't <laughs> sell Leonard that. Leonard Nimoy was in the third one? Yeah, the, the voice mm-hmm. of one of the, yeah. the bad guy. That didn't well, help much. That was Leonard Nimoy? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For the fun? No, no, the, the, no, the second for, um, the Dark the Side of the Moon. Dark of Pink Moon. Floyd. For the, the Prime so. guy, yeah. Really? Yep. Yes. Wow. That's my um, I don't think it's either of those things. I think it's basically just a summer vacation for him. I think he's just going to goof off and have a good They're time. They're filming in Cuba, so he, he just really wants to go to Cuba. Probably. That's probably true. Free trip to go. Cuba, even though he has more money than anyone in this room will ever make combined. Yes. Hey, I might hit it big someday. Hey, that, that teacher salary. Come on. <laughs> Tyler? As I'm what do you think? Of... Anthony Hopkins. Hopkins. He's he's gonna be a bearded robot. That's all I gotta say on the matter. He's gonna have chains for a beard. He's gonna be some dirty old semi. No, he won't be a semi. That's Optimus's thing. He'll he'll be a dirtier, bigger, older semi. He'll be a Ford Model T. God. Alright, Andy, your new story. Oh, um, I have no idea if it's new or not, but it's new to me. 
John Boyega was cast <laughs> in Pacific Rim 2. I'm actually pretty excited about it. I like the first Pacific Rim, and I love John Boyega, so I think the combination is going to be good. I concur. Let's hope he doesn't turn into a stereotype for a country like all the actors in the first one did, which I didn't No, mind, he needs but to. But he might be. He's gonna, and it's gonna be great. Really? Yeah. I still haven't seen Pacific. It's, it's at my house, Nick. We'll, we'll watch I it. I also home. own it, so watch it. we'll give you two. <laughs> you can even borrow our copy, so there's three here coming for you. Three Pacific Rims. <laughs> there's no way you can avoid it now. It's not that good. It's okay. Hey, don't hey, hey, hey. Out of here. Giant, giant robots fighting giant monsters is can. awesome. I believe you wanted to watch it multiple times when it came out. What the, Ooh, when the girlfriend speaks. There, there's a can of something. Sometimes. <laughs> there's a can of something in this You'd room, and if you, you open it, you're not going to want to deal with it. I fervently defended this movie on several occasions. Tyler, would you just like to go with your news story? Yes. <laughs> we're going we're gonna, to like bring it back to what's been happening on several other news story weeks with Dan Aykroyd praising the new Ghostbusters. So, even though he isn't an executive producer on the film, you know, that might give him some stake in the movie. He has no choice. <laughs> no choice at all. He, no he just wants he, to make he, money he, did, he praised the new Ghostbusters, calling it excellent. He's got to see a test copy from director Paul Feig, and he said, you know, there were brilliant, genuine, genuine performances from the men and women that worked on this film. And he said that there are more laughs and scares than the first two films. Plus, all of the original living actors are all returning as cameo appearances, except for Rick Moranis. So, uh, I think I think that that bodes well. I think you know praise from a the one of the original Ghostbusters should help this movie. And I don't think it's going to be a bad movie. But what is everyone else's take on? I don't think that means anything if he's an ex- executive producer. That's like saying someone on a talk show said a movie was good. Like they they have to. He, I mean, they can't. don't have to. If he sees and doesn't like it, he can just stay mute on the topic. But because he threw his so money at it. Money. I don't yeah. know. He wants no, people he, to he needs to make his money back on it. that. He doesn't have a choice. So he's going to say that he likes it no matter what. Can we start taking gambles on how this movie is going to do? Like, we can all, like, guess percentage on Rotten Tomatoes and oh, see who Jesus. gets... I don't really care about the... I think it'll be in the 60s. No, I'm That's too broad. I, I'm predicting 70s to low 80s. Really? Wow. Wow. Yeah. No, I have hope in Paul Feig. <sighs> what about everybody else? 57. <laughs> An exact percent. I don't know. John, are you going to lowball like in prices right and say 1%? No. I, <laughs> to I, get I, I, yeah. Give me 1%. No, say 58%. <laughs> I do think it's going to be in like the 50s. I don't think it's going to do that well. Uh, with critics, um, money is a completely different story on that. It might make a ton of money because you have all the people who love those first two films who are going to go see this. Transformers. Yes. Yeah, so in Transformers. Teenage those, Mutant Ninja Turtles 1. Yeah, but not two. I didn't came say out two. I said one. Dropped. Oh, um, does anyone here know who Rom is? Because I've heard a lot of theories that he's going to be in it because of the title of the movie, The Last Night, Rom the Space Knight. Does anyone know? We're back to Transformers now. Yeah, not a clue. Because I've never heard of it before. Can, so can I was, we not talk about Transformers too much? I don't want to give we, it can any we talk more about buzz. That weird Batman that I saw yesterday. At oh yeah, the, 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 Space uh, Batman. Space Batman. <laughs> <laughs> Arenza Batman or something? I, I, it's the Target exclusive, everybody. Um, okay, so it sucks. It's like, it's like a purple yes. Batman. That's all it is. Um, my new story is that the writer, director, star of the current uh, Broadway musical um, Hamilton is actually doing all of the original music for the new Disney movie Moana, and one of the girls from that is going to be um, a voice actress for it as well. I've listened to quite a bit of Lin-Manuel Miranda's 
Jaws stuff and it's brilliant. So I'm really excited for this. And this does come out in November of this year, Thanksgiving weekend. I am so pumped. Hamilton is fantastic. Yes. And I mean, all of his, everything that he's touched has been absolutely wonderful. So I'm high hopes for the music for Moana. Really out of the loop. I have no idea what we just talked about. I've heard Hamilton is great too, but I don't know much about it. It's It's a a Broadway musical musical. about Alexander Hamilton, which sounds really boring, but it's like a musical. Yeah. Apparently you don't think he does until you hear it. So good. (laughs) Is is this This kind of the reaction? I was expecting. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's, available. it's available if you, you have Google Play. It's on Google. Yep. That's it's free. Google Play. You can use mine. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'll use yours. All right. Don't uh, sue us. I, I came here with a lot of news stories. Not a single one was talked about. So now I have a dilemma of which one I want to talk about. I'm going to talk about the one that... I'm most excited about, I guess, instead of frightened about. Uh, there's a rumor going out that Brie Larson is the front runner to play Captain Marvel for yes. the yes. Marvel Studios. Chris Evans has even said, yes. saying that, that he wants her. He supports the movie. Right? He she wants her. I love to have that. Just, 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 just okay. <laughs> uh, I, mean, I too want her. She, she just got married no, or engaged. She just no. got engaged. Aww. No, I thought they just got married. Married, engaged. So just, just to let you know, Andy, that that is happening. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I love Brie Larson, as I think everyone else at this table does, so I'm incredibly excited to see what the movie could hold if she's in it. Does anybody, does anyone have any negative comments to say about this? Not a, nope. No. That's a, I, Brie Larson <laughs> is a terribly good actress. That, I almost, that I literally almost punched you. <laughs> I, 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 I wanted to see the reaction I would get. Room is great. Go see Room. Short term yeah. twelve and short term yeah. twelve. Yeah. Uh, Twenty one Jump Street. Let's just go. Let's go through everything. Oh, I forgot she was in that. Yeah, she plays the high school. The best part about that. She was very good. She's not the best. No, yes. that whole movie is fantastic. Was the best part uh, Dave Franco is the best part of that movie. Dave Franco is the best part of anything he's in. Love Dave Franco. Neighbors too. Probably. I mean, no, that exactly. Efron steals that one, but Dave, Dave, Dave Franco comes in close Zac Efron with that body, though. Okay, we're going to move into <laughs> our review of Popstar. So here is the trailer for Popstar Never Stop, Never Stopping. Since I was born, I was dope. Thirty-two people on his personal payroll. Sure, Connor surrounds himself with people who are agreeable. When it becomes clear that his solo album is a failure, a former boy band member member does everything in his power to maintain his celebrity status. That is the very simple synopsis for Pop Star Never Stop, Never Stopping. It is the uh, latest of the two Lonely Island films, and probably the last, based on the box office. Based on the box office. Stop (laughs) talking. Shots fired already, apparently. It wasn't that great. I agree. Nick, Nick, we're gonna, we're, we're gonna let you. We're gonna let you go first. You and Tyler are gonna go first because you guys really like this film. So I want you guys to. Oh, go. so we have to get the first word so you guys can beat us down with your <laughs> final comment. Okay, okay, okay. I, I can go first if you. I agree with everyone. We'll rebuff. We'll rebuff. Okay. This is Nick, why we you, don't you take it off and I'll, I'll add on after. Okay. 
So when I was writing my review for this, I kind of caught myself thinking uh, back to the Key and Peele movie. Um, Lonely Island, Key and Peele, both very, very famous uh, YouTube groups that have branched off to make their own movies now. The Lonely Island, if you are not aware of them, they posted really funny music videos that were either just for laughs, just weird random videos, or like uh, satirical kind of punches at modern day society. And they were pulled from SNL too. Yes. Important to know, yeah. Yes. And that's what this movie is. This movie was an easygoing, laugh-filled satire making fun of the modern day pop culture. And I thought it worked beautifully. Um, it was fantastic. I mean, you in modern day music, it doesn't really matter what the lyrics are for most cases, If you, as long as it has a catchy beat. I mean, point in case, like, turn down for what? Shots, shots, shots. Best song. Wait, what should I turn down for, though? I, well, it's, it's deep. It's a deep, very thought. deep. But, I mean, as long as it has a catchy beat, it doesn't matter. And they poke fun at that. They poke fun at celebrities with, like, wild animals, stupid outfits, whatever, doing things for gag and, like, shock and awe. So I really enjoyed the satirical effect of this movie. And then also, it was nonstop laughs. Even if a joke didn't hit, give it another minute or two and there would have been five or ten more other jokes. Like, this movie was nonstop laughs. I loved it. A lot of it is just subtle humor, too. And I thought it just worked extremely well. Like, and more than just, like, the satirical fact of it, uh, it had good morals and good themes behind it as well. Like, it, there was a lot of there was a lot to this movie. Uh, I really enjoyed it. Tyler, what do you think? I, I will build on that. I went in expecting this just to be a mockumentary that was based just on like going against pop music, but in a way it tackled all of pop culture. It took a look at like TMZ. It used lot lots of clever things like tackling like TMZ, the entertainment channel, kind of looking in overall social media as well, kind of just really giving us a nice satirical look at all of these things that we take for granted today as a society. And the one thing you can expect from a movie from the Lonely Island group is that it's not going to be all smart humor. Um, I'm a huge fan of Hot Rod, which they released a few years ago, same directors with Andy Samberg. I love that movie to death. And I found personally this movie being a lot more difficult to make. I, I think making a successful mockumentary that they really kind of towed the line between dumb and clever humor pretty well. Like there was plenty of dumb raunchy stuff, but underneath the surface of, of all the crude humor, there was still a lot of clever writing and yep. good acting that kind of made the movie fairly solid for me. I, I really thought a lot. I don't think it lives up to this level, but I'm a huge fan of Walk Hard, the Dewey Cox story, mm -hmm. which came out, um, I think six or seven years ago with John C. Riley, and also has, uh, who is it? I think Tim Meadows, um, he's the manager in this movie, and he was a, a pretty big part of, of Walk Hard. And I love Walk Hard, and that movie just parodies music so much, but it tackles the earlier version of it. And I feel like pop star Never Stop, Never Stopping <laughs> is almost our, our modern walk hard for this generation of music. And I think what it does, it does well. Like, mockumentary as a genre is fairly hard to succeed in and do it well. Like, everyone re referenced, like, this is Spinal Tap, which I saw, and, like, I wasn't a huge fan, but I know that's a big cult classic. And my favorite mockumentary is probably what we do in the shadows from uh, Taiki yeah, Watiti. That movie yeah. is absolutely fantastic and sets a bar that most films will never, ever reach. But overall, I thought this was a, a very good modern comedy that had enough smarts behind it to make it successful and the acting all around was very good it's not you know 
a perfect movie. You know, some characters are underused and certain bits drag on, but overall, I thought this was a very successful, very funny movie. And I laughed in it, and the two other people in my theater laughed, <laughs> contrary to what Jonathan told me of no one in this theater laughing for the entire movie. And no, he I will go, laughed I the will most go, out of the people I will in go our next. Theater. I'm the middle ground. I'll go next. I laughed a couple times, but honestly, it didn't do much for me. Like, I was just uninterested the whole time, honestly. There was nothing wrong with it, but there wasn't anything too great about it either. If a and movie doesn't hold your interest, there's something wrong with it. That, <laughs> that, that, that doesn't work. It was... Something's wrong with it. I mean, Ooh. there's lots of things wrong with me. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. But, I mean, I was like that with both. I did like Popstar a little bit more um, after I thought about it, but neither of them really kept my attention very well. You guys can, can go and... I'm kind kind of in the same boat as Andy yeah. actually no the Titus so <laughs> <laughs> when I was in college is when Lonely Island first came out with all of their YouTube videos and things and when they were on SNL so like I've been listening to them since they started and it you know I like a lot of their videos they're funny that's fine but I think that my attention f- span for them is only three and a half minutes long and once it gets longer than that it's just like bits here and there are fine and it was funny here and there but for the most part I was just I was bored and like Andy said it's nothing that was outright terrible it just didn't cut it for me John you I feel like you have a lot of negative things so time for the evisceration actually I'm gonna I'm kind of agreeing with everything that's been said with Megan and Andy (laughs) but (laughs) But not Tyler and Nick look look, look, it's not it's not like I agree with everyone here except Tyler Except the two people that disagree with me. <laughs> it's funny how that works. I don't, I don't, I don't, there was nothing in the movie that was funny. And, uh, no. You laughed. You I cannot la- say I that. La- you laughed. At every cameo appearance, I laughed at. The cameos were the things I laughed at. It's true. Not a single thing that the actual main characters are doing. So you didn't find the, the TMZ parody? No. I'll, he doesn't I'll, know. He, did you I even understand that. what that was? TMZ parody was perfect. But did you understand what that was? Have you ever watched TMZ? An episode of TMZ? No. Okay. I haven't. Oh, Lucky okay, John. That's why. <laughs> See, that's we can't why. be mad at him. We can't be mad, but we can be jealous that he's never had to watch TMZ. <laughs> so my, well, you guys keep saying this is a mockumentary. I'm like, this stuff's happening. I feel like this is happening happening actually like i don't think anything in this movie was a mockumentary it's all pop culture music like that is out there in the world it's not like it's it's mocking pop mocking. culture like you, that, you, that's, you, that's what that's what i don't a mockumentary have a great is. Grasp. But I, don't think, I don't think it's mocking it though i think that this could have just been like real life they wouldn't film the concert and they would have been sold out with all the stupid people there watching so you're saying that their song in the movie mona lisa is a piece of <laughs> oh, I think I think that they released it, or if someone like Justin Bieber released that song, yes, people will go out and buy that crap. So, you, you, okay, you did not find it funny the whole E Entertainment logo with the the wolf wedding. You didn't find that funny at all. I thought that was a great little pop culture. Jam. Have you ever watched Entertainment? But he's probably Network. never watched Entertainment I, 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 I tonight. Don't, I don't so. Entertainment Network. But have you watched anything on it? No. Why, why See, would I want to watch that Wait, crap? Hold on. Didn't they have the soup? The soup. The soup didn't, was fantastic. Didn't it was yeah, on the soup. Joe McHale's show? Yes. Yeah, okay, I know what that is. That, yeah. that, that was a shiny that was gem. Great. That was kind of before they went into all the crazy, let's yeah. broadcast everybody's minor achievements laundry. in life. Dirty laundry. 
I don't care about celebrity status. I don't care about half the crap that's in this movie. That's probably the problem. I don't care. I'm not a big fan of music that comes out nowadays. But I, half the time I listen to Frank Sinatra. You make a mockumentary about Frank, uh, yeah, Frank Sinatra, and then I'll be more informed. But see, John, you don't have to care. Like we don't. Most of us don't care about awful pop music, but we acknowledge it and we find it funny that they're parodying it. It's not about not caring about but it. I it's feel that like I, I still feel having like knowledge what I of it. Said, I feel like if I turned on the radio, I'd still be hearing songs like that on the radio. I don't think it's a mockumentary. Like the Bin Laden song? Well, uh, uh, yes. Austin, <laughs> Austin was showing me it at work one night, and I'm like, Austin, this is the stupidest thing ever. Why are you showing me this? It's like it's that was the best thing he's ever seen. I, I loved all of the cameos in the movie. That was a part I did like. I, just the cherries on top to the Sunday that is this movie. Let him finish. Let him finish. Then I, then I just like the cherries. John, I, John, we're gonna let you finish. We're gonna let you finish. The movie is short, so that is a great. <laughs> <laughs> it's short because it accomplished everything it needed to in the time frame, and I think other people would have walked out. We, I, I, the movie does drag on. The movie could have ended ten minutes before it did. And for an hour and a half movie, that's <laughs> ten minutes is a lot. But the final ten minutes are branching off. Like I said, this movie is a satire. It's a comedy, but then it also has some more like personal themes about friendship. Not selling out, being loyal, it touches which, on those which, which, which I like, which I like. But, uh, but you could have cut out some of that stuff at the farm. You, you, some of that stuff could have been cut the out. Farm but jokes, the though. Farms were needed. <laughs> the farm jokes are great. I, I, I think I'm. I, I'd like All to right. say I'm in the minority, but I'm gonna just do my thing. Box office wise, it underperformed. What C- they were critically, expecting. it's doing well though. It has a higher score than me before you by twenty percent, I think, on Rotten Tomatoes. So that has to say something about it. <laughs> I think that's a shot fired at me. Yeah. Okay. It's like seventy. All right, let's move on to the next movie. Yeah, we have to give our scores, our ratings. Definite see it. Andy. Rent it, I guess. I'm going to say see it. Yeah. I'll go with rent it. And I'll go with skip it. Really? So we're going to average it or rent it, probably. I'm kind of surprised you're not giving a let it burn. This movie is not that bad. I'm not saying it's not that bad. It's not that, like, the movie isn't not that bad. And a lot of it is it's not my thing. Okay. It's really what it is. It's not my kind of movie. Because you're uncultured and you don't understand. Whoa. One of my favorite no shows. No need for personal attacks here. One of my favorite shows on TV was Community, and that whole thing is pop culture references. So I, I how do you not get this movie then? <laughs> Community is a lot better uh, show and a lot better made. If they made a Community movie, I'd be there with Brie right? Larson, with Brie Larson and Mark Ruffalo, and oh, Mark Ruffalo, and <laughs> uh, everything. But now he can be in Captain Marvel with Brie Larson. Ta-da. Holy crap. <laughs> I just hit myself. <laughs> we're, we are going to play the tra- we're going to play the trailer here for the lobster and then I we're going to come back. I did not see it. And Andy then had you can not sit in your little it. corner. And we're going to talk about I'll go to my the, uh, cave while you're talking about latest it. Latest indie film The Lobster. Have you ever been on your own before? No, never. Your last relationship lasted how many years? Around 12. Sexual preference? Women, is there a bisexual option available? No, sir, this option is no longer available. Hmm. And the dog? My brother, he was here a couple of years ago, but he didn't make it. Did you read the leaflet? Yes, I did. As you understand from your brother's experience, if you fail to fall in love with someone during your stay here, you'll turn into an animal. Have you ever danced with anybody? Yes. As an animal, you'll have a second chance to find a companion. 
What sort of dancing did you do? Just depends on the music. In a dystopian near future, single people, according to the laws of the city, are taken to the hotel, where they are obliged to find a romantic partner in 45 days, or are transformed into beasts and sent off into the woods. That is the exact plot for this latest film, The Lobster, directed by... Yorgos Lanthimos? Yorgos yeah. Lanthimos. We'll go with that. I'm so, I know Yorgos was yeah, the yeah. first name. I can't remember what the um, last name Who directed the, the, the Dogtooth and Alps. I have yet to see Alps, but I've seen Dogtooth. Really love that film. I'm going to start really quick because I, I don't really know how to start this conversation, I guess. <laughs> uh, <laughs> There's only been three, well, two other films that I walked out of with the same feeling that I walked out of this film, which was just, I, like, I need to gather my thoughts. I'm not really sure what's going on right now or, and where my head's at. And that, uh, those two films In are... In a good way or a bad way? I, at the time, it's undecided. That's why you're gathering your thoughts. At the time, it's very undecided. Like, I have, like, I really don't know where I stand on the film when, when I walked out. W- Windows has crashed. <laughs> it needs to reboot. <laughs> and uh, those the, two... The, bing, the, um, the, 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 the beach ball of death. The beach ball of doom death on my Apple... Computers just <laughs> there. The two films are Upstream Color and Under the Skin. And I, 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 I've come to love Under the Skin, but I can't stand Upstream Color. And this film kind of lands in the middle for me. You know, when all is said and done, the first act of this movie I thought was kind of funny in a very dark way. It's not like I'm laughing like Pop Star and thinking it's. You didn't laugh at Pop Star. I laughed at the cameos and Pop star <laughs> this movie it, it, everything's well made it's well acted it's just it's definitely not for everybody and the third act i think it kind of loses its way while i'm still enjoying the movie for the craftsmanship that's involved i don't there's no way that i can recommend the general movie going audience to go, everyone go out to see this movie i don't know why this is playing at the, the, the a lot of theaters across the country like who is this who's punking the trailers were really good but who's that this movie is not meant for general movie going audiences like we had one person that walked out i think only yeah, one yeah but they made it until like close to the end i'm surprised we didn't have like people walking out left and right like just because that's the type of movie that this is Nick, I, I want you to go because I know you had a lot of. Nick's got stuff to say. This movie. Thoughts. Got he got things stuff. To say, man. I've seen some stuff, man. He doesn't like lobsters, so he's initially okay. biased to this movie. <laughs> anyway, okay. So I went to see this movie. There was myself and one other person at the theater, and we sat in the same aisle, actually. And multiple times during the movie, we would like look over at each other. And, like, we just had this look of, like, sheer confusion and, like, what the F are we watching? And it was, like, it was, like, this unspoken bond that we had during this time. And it was quite magical. That would be the coolest experience. I wish I had that experience. It was was something special. (laughs) Is it a strong enough bond to not get you turned into an animal? (laughs) Okay, so for me, Uh. this movie has two halves. It has before before the woods and after the woods. The first half, I really did like. Um, I thought that it was a very interesting movie. I liked the concept. I thought it was unique. I really like indie and weird films, uh, so it piqued my attention. 
And then it just takes a twist, and it doesn't make sense anymore. It starts to fall upon itself. It doesn't make sense. It contradicts itself, and it loses my interest. Which made me really sad because I really was enjoying the first half. And I thought that it would go... I don't know. I thought it actually would have given you something. Because the characters, they're so lifelike. I mean, so unlifelike. They're emotionless. You don't relate to the characters. You, can, I don't see how you can. Because they're completely monotone. They have no interesting things about them. They date each other based on if you have a bloody nose or if you don't have a bloody nose. But don't you don't you think people do that now? And that's what I liked about the movie. I think people do that now. No, they don't. You don't think people do that? You don't think people? Yeah, say, I, I, I would say they. I, I would say they do. do. People, people, people date other people based on like nothing. Minute. Just, like just a because one night stand with somebody because you're like, oh, we yeah, share this in common. Yeah, with yeah. The, yeah, but but then you end up staying. I've seen people end up staying with that person. For a really mm-hmm. long time, like just dating someone because you don't want to be alone. I've seen that all the time. No, mm-hmm. no, no. That part I get. I get that part. Like being with somebody because you don't want to be alone. I get that. And that's why I like the first half because it's a it's an interesting concept. And I thought that it's that part is quite true in society. So I like that. But then when they get into the woods, and are we allowed to do a little bit of spoilers for this one? I, I think a little spoilers is okay with this one. I, I, spoiler alert! Okay. Well, they show it in the trailer too. They um he breaks off from the camp, the retreat, and he goes out into the woods and he meets a girl. And in the woods, however, so the, in the woods, this group is separate from the from the others. They don't want to be like the others. They're kind of doing their own thing. And yet, at the same time, they are the retreat. They're not letting each other mingle. They're still holding the same restrictions as the reservation is. And but, but isn't that the point of the movie? Like, I, I just wrote down, is it better to be in a relationship or being single? Like, that's the whole, for, for me, that's the whole th- concept of the movie to look at. Like, I, I think that's the point they're trying to make. But is it better to be forced into making a decision or being able to make that decision on your own? And I think that that's but movie... They weren't even allowing people to make a decision. Like... They, they could have gone back to the hotel if they wanted to. They could have... They also could have run away... Couple. No, they couldn't have. They could have run away to the city and faked it relationship until they the could get fake papers and things. no motivation for what she was doing other yeah. than being a control freak. That, that, I agree with you on that. I yes. wanted a backstory there and there wasn't enough There's, there to grasp. Nothing. None of the characters gave me anything. So... For me, the first half, if I had if I had to judge this movie on two different things, the first half would be a see it, because the first half was very engaging, very interesting, and the second half is a let it burn. I absolutely despise the second half of this movie. But Harsh. I've, I've talking I've talked for quite a bit. Talking so somebody somebody else. Alright, I'm gonna jump in. So I this movie is not an easy movie to go with. I can't recommend it to most people unless you really like film or have like to take a challenge when you watch a movie. But I I really enjoyed this movie, and it's one, out of all the movies I've, we've talked about or will talk about today, it's the one I want to revisit the most. Because I know there's more to get out of it. The director, I don't know any, much of anything 
about, but this is his first English film. And he he makes a movie in a very different style. He uses, you know, his visuals to tell part of the story. Like a movie like Nicholas Winding Refn's Drive is a movie that uses its visuals to really help tell its story. Whereas in this movie, he really takes a lot of the common story elements and dialogue and characters and strips them away where we really have to pick apart this movie if we want to get the full message. It honestly reminded me a bit of the French director, uh, Robert Bresson, who directed movies like Pickpocket, and he pretty much requested that his actors give the most blank performance possible because he wanted to see if he could make a movie purely based on what the movie itself was. And in this movie, we get great performances, but it's all very deadpan, and we are not really that attached to the characters for the characters that they are. I think Colin, it takes Colin a lot of effort really, to actually really be that. Changed himself. Yeah. But I, I, I won't talk too much about this. I need to revisit it again, definitely. But this movie has a lot of themes about relationships and love, a lot of meaning under the surface that it takes time to digest. You cannot go to see this movie and just expect to relax and understand it on first going. This is a movie that definitely needs to be picked apart and it will be studied probably for years to come because there's a lot to it and that's all I have to say on it right now. I enjoyed it and I need to see it again at some point. I I agree with Nick that it is very there are very different feels to the first half and the second half. However, I think that they both have their own value. Um, there's a the, the first half is definitely very engaging. You get a good sense of these people that are here and at the hotel, but they the sense of I don't want to say neediness, but it, it's almost a sense of neediness. Like they need to find someone because they know what's going to happen if they don't. I think that is definitely something that you do see in today's society. That's not something that I think is isolated to this movie. The restrictions that are placed on Colin uh, Farrell's character when he leaves the hotel, when he's in the group out in the woods, there's also this sense of, I don't want to say disruption, but it's almost a, a challenge of this is what you are not allowed to do when you're in the hotel. This is what you're not allowed to do when you're out in the woods. Those are your two choices. Pick one. And while he's in the woods, he, you know, whether or not he can follow their rules is a personal choice for him. He does have the option of going back to the hotel. He'd have to, I think from what I understood, he'd have to pick up right where he left off. So he'd only have like a week or so left, but his other options are be hunted in the woods or run away maybe somewhere else if there is anywhere else we don't really know what exists outside of the hotel the woods and the city so we don't know what kind of options he has outside of the location that we're given as far as whether or not i liked it i don't know um it definitely needs to be seen again and probably a few times before i can really pick into it but i i will say that this movie especially its first section is pitch black and it's comedy and it really mm -hmm. seems to have a dark dark view of society's our, our parent need to be in a couple in society's mm -hmm. view on that but when it comes down to the end it does have some heart to it that I didn't totally expect but I think it brings the movie all the way around oh, I, I, I'm agreeing with Nick he's shaking his head I like I, I do like both halves of this movie but I don't think it has heart there like I, I, where, where do you see the heart in this movie? I, I don't want to... But, but he's not. No, but he, he doesn't. I'm not going to spoil anything, but actions taken on behalf of the characters and the way that it's handled near the second half of the movie definitely shows something genuine and not just a, a feeling to 
like obey society's needs. That's what I pulled from it. Not everyone might pull the same thing, but that's what Do I you remember got out of it. the scene where the group and I forget what they're actually called, the, the outsiders or whatever goes into the hotel and they have the the, the, the two who are running the hotel. Like they pull one yeah. of them, and they, yeah. They make them shoot the other one. Yeah, that, that 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 goes against everything I think you're implying. I, I I think it relates more to specific characters in the movie than it does necessarily to the movie's message as a whole. Okay, it's about his characters. But yeah, let's let's just get to our, our ratings. Yeah. Let's get one. let's get to our ratings. Um, I'm going with a rented. I do think the movie should be seen, but I can't tell the general public to go out to see this movie and spend your money. Just wait and rent it. It will still hold the same value on your uh, TV screen as it will in the theater. Before I give my, <laughs> I'm gonna build. A- Clo- closing I have, announcements. I have one little like punch left. Okay. <laughs> Not the face. The only rewatch value in this movie is to understand what the hell happened. That is the only rewatch factor for this entire movie. This movie will be forgotten. It will not have any value Mm-mm. in history. All right. It will be forgotten. Rating. Guaranteed. Go. It is. I can't give it a let it burn. Because I did enjoy the first half. It's a skip it. I say see it. <laughs> Andy's going to affect the Thank curve. you for I your input, Andy. I'm going to give it a rented because I can't recommend it to everyone. And like Jonathan said, you'll get the same out of seeing it on your TV screen that you will see in theaters. So Right. I agree with the rent it. There's nothing particularly that calls for being on a giant screen. But if you rent it, you can watch it over and over and figure out what the you're watching and whether or not you like it or not because it takes it's going to take a couple viewings before I, most people have a really strong grasp on it all right um we are going to be moving into our review now of uh, me before you so here is the trailer for me before you we try the chicken factory i'm still having nightmares about those giblets we try beautician turns out hot wax is not my friend i'm running out of options for you here louisa please i'll take anything and this is new care and companionship for a disabled man do you have any experience of caregiving? Um, I've never done it, but I'm sure I could learn. Then let's go meet Will. Will, this is Louisa Clark. Nathan will talk you through Will's routines and equipment. You don't have to talk across me, Mother. My brain isn't paralyzed. Yet. Good morning. Oh, he hates me. Every time I speak, he looks at me like I'm stupid. To be fair, you are pretty stupid. Yeah, but he doesn't know that yet. <laughs> Interesting choice of footwear. What do you mean by that? That can't be from around here. Why not? This is the kind of place people come to when they've got tired of actually living. I'm happy here. Yeah, well, you shouldn't be. You only get one life. It's actually your duty to live it as fully as possible. A girl in the small town forms an unlikely bond with a recently paralyzed man she's taking care of. That is the plot for the latest romantic the romantic drama film uh, that's sweeping across the country, making a lot of money. Sweeping. Sweeping. <laughs> I like sweeping. It made more money. It, it, is this it, a made, this oh sweeping? <laughs> the U.S.? It, it made more money than it was supposed to, so I... I chose sweeping. Uh, Andy, we'll start with you. What are your views on this? Um, I'm going to start with a disclaimer. I'm biased because I hate romance movies in general. I I didn't like it. I I did not hate it, but honestly, I wasn't connected to any of the characters. I didn't care for the plot, and it, it elicited no emotional response from me in any way. That That's really all I got to say about it. I It was fine, but it, it was nothing <laughs> special. It was... It, I, actually, fine is too strong. I, <laughs> I did not like it. I 
did not like it. I will say that. All right. It's my turn. So I honestly, I enjoyed this movie to a degree. It took me about half an hour to get over Amelia Clark not being Khaleesi. <laughs> it really took some time because she was really goofy in this movie. But overall, I thought Amelia Clark, uh, who plays Lou, and Sam Clafton, who plays Will, the paraplegic, were both fairly charming in the movie, and I did enjoy their chemistry. We do have a pretty healthy dose of popular actors here. We get Neville Longbottom. We get another Game of Thrones actor, Tywin Lannister, and we also get uh, the Doctor Who companion, the most recent one. Mm-hmm. And uh, over, overall, you know, I enjoyed I thought the movie had good chemistry for the most part. There wasn't as much, this definitely isn't a romantic comedy. There's pretty much just a romance with some comedic elements tossed every once in a while. Over Overall, you know, I thought the first two-thirds of the movie were pretty good, but I was not a fan of the third act. For, for me, I don't know, I feel like this movie just gave up on things it was trying to introduce. I thought they, in, like, introduced a kind of interesting dichotomy between um, who Amelia Clark, she has a, a boyfriend who's a fitness freak, and then she's also starting to fall for this paraplegic named Will, who is obviously can only move, like, two fingers. So, with, with that, I thought that was interesting, and they also even brought up a little thing about how, with Will, she watches a foreign film, and with uh, her boyfriend, they go to see a Will Ferrell movie, and I thought that was, like, they were kind of starting to introduce this interesting dichotomy between her current life and what she's starting to change into, but then they kind of just drop it partway through. I thought that was a missed opportunity on the director's part. And during the the last third of the movie is probably when it gets to be the most dramatic. I won't spoil anything, but it it tries to be really dramatic, and I think it fails pretty badly. And it also has a really big over-reliance on, like, popular pop love songs near the end. You kind of expect some pop popular music in a romance movie, but it feels like it kind of just takes a dump of romantic pop music in that third act, and I thought that was the director's way of not knowing how to handle dramatic moments and just instilling moments with, you know, whatever. His poor little heart. I, I needed my notes to finish this. She can You're have gonna my, be sleeping my on journal the couch. after. <laughs> but uh, o- overall, you know, I don't think it's a bad movie. I think that it just, especially near the end, it just doesn't know how to handle its dramatic moments. It doesn't know to how to handle the sensitive issues it presents. And it definitely starts to rely too much on pop music because I don't think the director knew how to make a good dramatic moment to really bring the movie to a good conclusion. And yes, that is my opinion. Well, I um, I don't know. I feel like I was so enthralled in the last half hour of it that I didn't. Even, I honestly don't remember the ter- terrible pop music that was in there. It's, it's not terrible. It's just they kept they kept using it almost too much. I feel like a, mo- a movie shouldn't rely too much on its music unless it's... I guess that didn't even register with me. As far as the rest of it, Amelia Clark and Sam Claflin were absolutely amazing. Whether the plot was very strong is a little more iffy. The... I mean, it's it's a love story, so you know, it's pretty standard. There's love. Right. <laughs> well, they meet each other, one of them doesn't like the other one, and then things change. Big, you know big revelations there but i think that the the performances that claflin gives with only being able to use his head and his face and you know one half of his hand is fantastic you can tell that he's you know devastated by the fact that he's paralyzed um you can tell that amelia clark gives a emotional performance you can see that she is her character is, um, is very attached 
to Claflin's character before you know the big ending and even at the ending but I think that the performances make up for the lack of a strong plot in this one alright romance man you're up it's your turn I strongly disagree with a lot of the things that Tyler was saying. Oh, yes, movie. please. Tell me more. I honestly, the same as Megan, I don't remember the pop songs in the movie, and I do apologize. It's so apparent. I don't remember them. It's like I, four different songs in like 20 minutes. I, I am going to talk about the end of this movie. It was in the trailer. I just watched the trailer today. I don't think it's that big of a spoiler to talk about that. So I do I do want to bring it up. The performances were fantastic. Miller, Clark, uh, Sam Claflin, just, I, I didn't cry. No, no, I didn't cry. The rest of the theater got incredibly dusty in there. How was it for you? Were you was there people at your theater? There were there were people there. There were some chatty people behind me. And in, in terms of the crying thing, like I was emotionally affected by this movie. So it did but, work for you. But no, but it should have made me cry, honestly. But I don't think they handled the dramatic moments well enough to get the emotional payoff you see, for me. There's a scene at the end, the, the last... One of the last scenes that you see the two of them together, there's this look on Amelia Clark's face of understanding and complete sorrow at the same time. And it's it was such a moving performance that I bought into what was going on. Now, once again, I didn't I wasn't moved enough to shed a tear, but <laughs> no tears for a movie. I don't I, I normally don't often cry in movies. I'm not one of those emotion overly emotional people who, who cries in, in the room with a bunch of strangers I don't know. That's not really. Oh yeah. I, I didn't cry at the Fallen Stars. I didn't cry at the Fallen Stars. I didn't cry at Marley and. Do you cry at the Notebook? But about uh, about time. You have no. Heart. I did cry. I about, cried at I, about I, time I because he likes I romance. I was really movies. close. I cried oh, yeah. at about, about time, time and the boy in the striped pajamas. But the boy in the striped pajamas is a completely. Dear different, Zachary. Oh, that's so. Oh. There's no romance in that movie. <laughs> <laughs> There's no romance in that movie. I, I bought the romance, and I guess that's if I'm judging this on the same level I judge a comedy. If, if I buy the romance, the film then works for me. Is the film. As I put in my review, it's very paint by numbers. It's very boy meets boy. Uh, well, in this case, girl meets boy. Boy hits girl. Girl opens up. Boy falls for girl. It's very paint by numbers. It's nothing overly fantastic on that point of view. Except this guy can't fall for the girl because he's in a chair. <laughs> wow. wow. Dang. Is somebody. Savage. <laughs> I really wanted to just toss something in there. I, I think this movie was fantastic. I don't get. I'm very. Con- <laughs> they make jokes like that. That in the was movie. amazing. <laughs> He's right. They do make jokes like that in the they movie. They do. They do. Which I think is fine. I don't think that's a problem. Oh, you're getting the slow clap from Bob. <laughs> Bob appreciates it. You, you had a problem with the ending of this movie. I do want to talk about that because I don't think there's anything you can spoil. Oh no, I, I don't have a problem with. I don't have a problem with the exact ending of this movie. I have a problem with the dramatic moments that occur because the movie goes from. Heightening its romance okay. to getting dramatic in a very short amount of time, and that's when all the pop music starts to kick are you, in. Are you talking about the beach scene? The, the beach the, scene. The, the beach scene is a fault of this movie. Oh, and it's supposed to be the big emotional payoff of the movie. Exactly. You could argue the ending was, but this is when the romance part of the romance movie is essentially supposed to reach its peak. Yeah, and the, it that, well, that, falls well, that there. one scene, things don't overly work for me. So yeah, I, I, I mean, I could go on and on about this movie, I guess. But I, I'll go with my rating really quick. I think it should be seen. The romance is very believable for when we keep getting.
Nicholas Sparks movies over and oh. over again. This movie is a hundred times better than any Nicholas Sparks movie that's come out in the past ten years. Also, add in one quick thing. Uh, uh, Amelia Clark's performance was good, but I was taken back because she is Khaleesi. Um, <laughs> you're, you're bringing baggage in with you. Then that's I know. Okay. No, I I she, felt bad about it the whole time because she was doing really good, but the whole time I was just like, oh, Khaleesi. She's powerful dragon warrior. She can't also be quirky small town girl. Well, How that did wasn't you handle even, that wasn't Terminator. Even she's still a, a strong just, person in that movie. I just kept getting distracted ask. thinking about how much I love Khaleesi. So rent it, see it, skip it. Um. I, I would probably say skip it because I will give it a rent it. I will also give it a rent it. I liked it, but I don't need to spend ten dollars to watch I think it. That averages out to a rent it. I'm surprised I'm alone. All right, we're gonna play our little jingle here, and then we're gonna get into our top five romantic movies. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Delicious things to eat. The popcorn can't be beat. The sparkling drinks are just dandy. The chocolate bars and the candy. So let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. We're back with our top five romance movies. For me, uh, this was one of the hardest top fives I've ever had to make. That's because it's your favorite category of film. Even harder than my top five I movies. I agree. I had a very hard time with it. Even than my, yeah, harder than my top five movies I of did all time. I too, for the opposite reason of John. <laughs> <laughs> this is your least favorite Least genre. favorite genre. <laughs> well, Andy, my top my, my five movies are going to make you a fan of this genre. Doubt it. Uh, I, I told him I need to get him to watch my top five because he will probably appreciate them, but I think you're watching all of the wrong movies. He's, basically, he's probably. Let's, let's let's progress with this. Okay, guys. we're gonna start with then with my number five. My number five is the shop around the corner. It is the uh, Jimmy Stewart film. I'm a huge fan of Jimmy Stewart. Came out, I believe, in the uh, 1940 uh, thereabouts. It was recently remade with the film You've Got Mail, starring Tom Hanks, Tom and, Hanks Meg and Meg Ryan. Ryan. Oh, haven't seen it, but we have it at Target. It is so. a ter- that's a ter- the remake is terrible. I hate that remake and nobody wants to see the original it is the, the plot of the movie is uh, Jimmy Stewart's pen pals with this girl and they, they both work at a shop together and they hate each other at the shop but in their letters to each other they're just all loving and all have great things to say to each other they love each other yet they hate each other in real life and one it, it's a great comedy great movie I, I for some reason watch it around Christmas time all the time I have no clue why that is but a great movie uh, the shop around the corner do you know one of the, the critic quotes for that tom hanks movie it's tom hanks and meg ryan should win a nobel peace prize for chemistry that's on the front of the dvd you're joking oh, no wow. i'm not it's on there Did you i've know, seen it several times <laughs> like i have to look back i don't memorize that much oh, that is that, oh. <laughs> all right Nicolas. nick your number five my number five would be a film that i don't think a whole lot of people have seen it's uh independent film it's called In Your Eyes. It's on Netflix. I would highly suggest watching it. It's a very low-budget film, but for the budget that it had, it does quite a bit. Brief synopsis of it is um, this man and a woman are 
at different places in the country of the United States. And for some reason, they share this connection where they can see what the other person is seeing. So they kind of, kind of are able to live vicariously through the other person. And it creates this interesting chemistry and bond between these two people. A chemical bond. Um, it's just really enjoyable to watch. Um, I saw this movie and I was blown away by it the first time I saw it. And later on that same day, I, I rewatched it actually. And that does not happen very often with movies. Uh, so it had that effect on me. Um, and I, I love it. I try and recommend it to as many people as I can. Because I really did like it. It's a very low budget, but it for what it did, it very powerful movie. Is that so. the one that uh, Whedon wrote? I think he did. I think so. I think okay. Mm-hmm. I think he had a part in it. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's my number five. My number five is Juno. Uh, yeah, my number five is Juno. I'm pretty sure everyone's seen it. It's a good story. I don't like romance movies, so I had a really hard time with this. <laughs> you just like Tic Tacs, and there are a lot of Tic Tacs in that movie. Yeah. Yeah. I like Michael Sarah too, so. Uh, my number five is 2013's Her, directed by Spike Jonze. I was going to put that one, but I it, put it on my favorites of all time, so I wasn't uh, allowed to put it on this it, list. It barely eked out onto my list, and for me, that movie, I think, is one of the most modern romances because it really details falling in love with our technology yeah. mm-hmm. and I, I think I think that movie will will stay up there as a very very prominent romance film especially in 30 years when we're all in love with computers and that'll be sad so uh, yeah my number five her my number five is when Harry met Sally you realize of course that we can never be friends why not what I'm saying is and this is not a come on in any way, shape, or form, is that men and women can't be friends because the sex part always gets in the way. That's not true. I have a number of men friends and there is no sex involved. No, you don't. Yes, I do. No, you don't. Yes, I do. You only think you do. You're saying I'm having sex with these men without my knowledge? No, what I'm saying is they all want to have sex with you. They do not. Do too. They do not. Do too. How do you know? Because no man can be friends with a woman that he finds attractive. He always wants to have sex with her. So you're saying that a man can be friends with a woman he finds unattractive? No, you pretty much want to nail him, too. Um, 1989, uh, Billy Crystal and Meg Ryan. It is a, it's a very simple movie. It's not very complex at all, but it's got a lot of feeling to it, I suppose, for lack of a better word. I think Billy Crystal and Meg Ryan together are a lot of fun to watch, and that just, it's a decent love story. Fantastic chemistry. Better than decent. Not on my list. What? Continue. You can kind of go for like a British accent. John, your number four. My number four, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. It is a film that I adore. I haven't seen it in a long time either. So I'm basing my opinion off of seeing it probably about five years ago. It was the last time I probably watched it. But I I love that Jim Carrey performance. And I think we... Most people have been there when you go through a relationship and you have that breakup spot. And it's like you just want to go through. You want to forget. You want to wipe that person's existence out of your memory but you, you can't seem to because you still have those good memories you still have all those good things that happened and I just love that concept of this movie so it's a, a great romance movie I feel my number four is Somewhere in Time uh, a 1980 film with Christopher Reeve and Jane Seymour basically uh, Superman travels back in time to be with a woman sounds really cheesy but there's more of that 
Um, it's a fantastic movie. I love this movie. I would watch this VHS quite often. Um, quite often. It was one of my original favorite uh, romance movies. And the ending is just gut-wrenching. At least it was for me. So Do they, do they actually wrench guts? Right. Well, what do I have to be prepared for? My guts. Oh, dang. My number four is Me, Earl, and the Dying Girl. I have no idea how to tell this story. I don't even know how to start it. This is the story of my senior year of high school and how it destroyed my life. Your father and I want to talk to you about something sad. Rachel Kushner has been diagnosed with leukemia. That sucks. It sucks. It sucks quite a bit. You might be someone who could make Rachel feel better. I don't need your stupid pity. I'm not here because I pity you. I'm actually here because my mom is making me. <laughs> it's actually worse. Everyone was going to find out sooner or later. One thing you can do if you don't want to talk to anyone is just enter a subhuman state. Pretend you're someone annoying. Oh, hi, Rachel. I'm really sorry you have cancer. <laughs> exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> I know John didn't care for it. No, I loved John, it. Oh, I, you? I, I, didn't, I didn't care for it. Jonathan <laughs> loves it. Oh, I thought you didn't like it when we, went, when we all went to go see it. No, I cried. I, I read the book. I cried. And oh. I, was, I cried at that You movie. didn't tell us you cried in that movie, too. I cried at that movie. I, I, no, I loved it. Um, we all went to go see it as a group after work, and I absolutely adored it. <laughs> I was completely engaged the entire time. It was fantastic. And even though... You know what's going to happen. It still crushes you at the end. All right. Well, my number four, honestly, I think will be a part of one of the greatest trilogies of romances to ever exist. But my, my choice for number four is 1995's Before Sunrise, directed by Richard Linklater. I have seen all three films in the series, Before Sunrise, uh, Before Sunset, and Before Midnight. And they're all spectacular films. The third one is especially heart-wrenching. But the first film on its own stands as, I think, one of the best romance movies ever made. And Richard Linklater definitely has a very delicate touch when it comes to dealing with his characters and story. And I really hope to... See to see another sequel to end this up because they've been doing it now for what like 15 years no 20 21 well, the last one came out in 2013 so they're at 18 yeah. years but yeah I love Before Sunrise and can't wait to see how and if this series will end at a certain point my number four is Silver Linings Playbook um, I think it gives a good look at I don't want to call it alternative but it's it's people outside of the standard in a romance movie it's not your happy-go-lucky and versus the cynical um it's two more complex characters that um it's nice to see on the silver screen and obviously wonderful performances by jennifer lawrence and bradley cooper that's my number four i forget did that one best picture no, no. It, i know that. yeah but it lost jennifer oh. lawrence got best at, uh, actress yeah, yeah but i can't remember I who was nominated as well yeah, I don't remember who won that year. Well, you look that up. I'm going to cheat. Oh, I wasn't going to Okay, well, I'm going to cheat with my number three. Uh, it is the whole before series. I need. I, I couldn't just pick one. They are one giant movie, one giant life. So it's just incredibly moving. I mean, Tyler picked the first one. If I had, if I had to pick one, I'd probably pick the first one because that's where I'm at right now in my life. I'm around that age. Well, I'm, I'm older than they were now at this point in that movie. But 
which is sad. But you're so old, John. Don't even start that. I it's a fantastic movie. Each one is incredibly moving in its own way. Fantastically acted. I think they're made so well because they're drawn from real life experiences. They're all kind of improved. Just everything. Everything in these uh, the series of films is fantastic. I kind of agree with Tyler. I'm excited to see where the series goes. If it ends with Before Midnight, I am content with that, but hopefully it goes on. My number three is The Princess Bride. Uh, it's a cult classic movie. It has almost everything you want in a really fun cult classic movie, so a movie that will stand the test of time. Uh, it's a great romance movie, uh, but if you don't really care for romance, it's full of laughs, full of action, full of great writing and great characters. It's just a fantastic movie and does have a very good love story as well. Uh, so I really like that movie. Um, if you haven't seen it, which there shouldn't be a whole lot of you, but if you haven't, you should definitely go check it out. Mine is actually Silver Linings Playbook as well. Nice. I love Jennifer. Well, I, <laughs> <laughs> I, I used to love Jennifer Lawrence. She's start. I'm starting to cool down on her a little bit. The star mm-hmm. is fading. Yeah, a little bit. As happens. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I, I switched trains immediately. <laughs> um, I still love Bradley Cooper, though. Um, but it's it's all around a great movie. I mean, Megan already talked about it, so I don't have to. All right. Mine number three has quickly become one of my favorite movies. Uh, 2013's About Time, directed by Richard Curtis. Tim, my dear son, this is going to sound strange, but there's this secret that the men in this family can travel in time. Wow. Tim, will you do my back? Okay, stop. How would I actually go into a dark place? Think of the moment you're going to, and you'll find yourself there. Tim, will you do my back? Oh, nice. It's my area. Any first thoughts? It would be really great if you could help get me a girlfriend. Wow. Massive. I'm Tim. I'm Mary. Mary's my mother's name. I remind you of your mother? I was going, I should have thought this through more. Um, I'm Tim. Mary. I love your eyes. And I love the rest of your face too. And I haven't even looked further down. I adore this movie. I think it has a great message. It's one of those romantic comedies that actually just subverts the romantic comedy portion of it. And it's it's a way, it's more like a touching look at like the connections of family and love and how those tie us together. It involves a little bit of time travel. And uh, I adore this movie. And that is my number three. My number three is uh, The Holiday. It is not a great film by any stretch of the imagination, but it is a fun movie to watch. I watch it every year at Christmas. And it's one of the standout performances from Kate Winslet, in my opinion, because everybody loves her in Titanic. I can't stand that movie. But I will watch her in the holiday over and over and over again. Um, Also, I can tolerate Cameron Diaz in that as well. My number two is, I think, a movie that everyone should think about when they think of romance movies. That is Casablanca. It's one of those movies that when I was teaching just general film to students, it was the film that we kind of could watch because it's not like a over-the-top concept to grab. It's a very simplistic story, and I think that the love story is very moving. The cinematography is fantastic. The acting is fantastic. There's 
there's a reason that this movie is considered one of the greatest movies uh, of all time. It was just another studio project. There was nothing special about it when they were making it, but it it's just stuck around for all this time. So it's definitely worth checking out. So check out Casablanca. My number two is Eternal Sun- uh, Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Uh, in my opinion, Jim Carrey's best performance possibly along with Kate Winslet as well and then we're joined by a couple other people Mark Ruffalo and uh, <laughs> it's just fantastic movie Mark Ruffalo is um, best like John mentioned earlier I'm pretty sure at one point or another you've been there at that point in a relationship things have come to an end you really want to get those really depressing and dark thoughts out of your head and you feel like if you just could wipe out the entire person from your memory that'd be best but that's obviously not the case. It's life experiences. It's life lessons. And so during this movie, I was you're rooting for Jim Carrey to find some way to stop this process from happening. And it's just a fantastic movie. Um, it hits you right in the feels real hard. Gives you a good old punch in the gut. Uh, but it's just a fantastic movie. I would definitely recommend everybody seeing this. Uh, my number two is actually Casablanca as well, John. Oh, dang. Um, and it actually wasn't on my list, but I put it on my list because I totally forgot about it and I don't know how. So what was your original number two? My original number two was 10 Things I Hate About You. Solid. I love that movie. I love that Solid movie. Solid honorable mention choice. Yeah. That's what I got moved to. Because um, they weren't in any particular order. I just picked five romance movies okay. I liked. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I want you to know I, I had a list of 30 <laughs> movies that I came I up with a week ago and I've been struggling. hate romance movies. He's going to add this to his list of things to hate about you, I Andy. wonder... That's fine. <laughs> I, need, I need ten things, Andy. Come on. I, I can give you nine more. Uh, my number two is one of my favorite films of all time. It is 1952, Singing in the Rain. Uh, hands down, I think, the best musical ever made. And I think it's also one of the greatest romances ever made. And I think Singing in the Rain as a song is one of the most perfect feelings to encapsulate the whole new romance and the feeling of love. And uh, my number two is Singing in the Rain. My number two is Atonement. Um, it is, oh, it's such a, there's such a difference between the very beginning of the movie and the rest of the movie. It's su- It starts on such a bright note and it just goes, oh, so dark very quickly. But you can, there's, what's the word I want to use? The emotion given by James McAvoy and, thank God, by Kira Knightley. It makes you actually feel for both of them throughout the entire movie. And it's one of our first performances by Saoirse Ronan ever, which... Number one for John. My number one has already been said. It is uh, Spike Jones's uh, Her. Oh, wow. Yeah, I... Really? It is. It is... It's a good movie. I thought you would go classic for number one, though. I I go with classic for with Casablanca. Yeah. Uh, I pegged that would be your number one, though. No, I was much more moved with her. I actually, that's another movie I cried at in the theater uh, with maybe me and like three other people. It, it's a movie that has all of the feels to me going with a Nick thing. Uh, it's a movie that captures everything. It captures sadness, captures happiness, captures just feelings, basically intimacy. And I, I that's something I crave with romance movies is intimacy and feeling that with the characters. So I'm not feeling it with Scarlett Johansson. I'm, I'm real. I'm talking about Walking Phoenix in this movie, and even thank you very much. I do, Scarlett Johansson is fantastic. Uh, is the voice of I don't even know what the name of the character now. Sexiest computer ever. 
whatever the name of Scarlett Johansson is. I I love this movie. Most people have seen it, but it's a fantastic film. So if you have not seen it, Nick. Her her was on my list, but then after some people discouraging me, Molly, um, (laughs) from my list. I'm going to throw stuff at Um, your girlfriend. (laughs) um, My number one uh, is The Notebook. It was a magical summer. Noah was a country boy. Allie was from the city. They met the night of the carnival. They had nothing in common, but after seeing Allie that night, something inside Noah snapped. Will you go out with me? No! No? Ah! Damn, my hand's slipping. Okay, fine, I'll go out with you. No, don't do me any favors. No, I want to! Say it again. I want to go out with you! All right, all right, we'll go out. Because Gosling. Noah, shut up. <laughs> you didn't even say anything yet. Um, my number one is. I was about to because um, no movie has ever had such an impact on my movie viewing experience. Short story: literally the day after my grandma's funeral, who died uh, from Alzheimer's. Now I feel like an. You should. Anyway, uh, so literally the day after, my brother and I wanted to watch what we thought was a lighthearted romantic <laughs> comedy. Um, and so we picked The Notebook. Um, so when we got to the real, the real heavy stuff at the end, my brother and I are just like bawling little babies, like refusing to look at each other. And just crying our eyes out. Uh, to this day, whenever I watch this movie, I the floodgates keep opening up. I, I can't hold it back. Uh, so this movie, it's a fantastic movie. Rachel McAdams and Ryan Gosling are amazing. They have a great chemistry. The plot is also very well done. The writing is well done. Uh, <laughs> in my opinion, it's the best Nicholas Sparks book adaptation movie. It's, it's my number one. I I don't think that'll ever change. The floodgates went again. <laughs> I agree. With, I, I don't think... I mean, The Notebook was an honorable mention for me, so I do love that movie. And I love Rachel McAdams and Ryan Gosling. It's a great movie. Take that, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> you heartless monster. All right, Andy, number one. My number one is technically not a romance movie. <laughs> You're going to think like an I old have, Matthew McConaughey I have, uh, I have reasons. Hear me out. It's Begin Again. Okay. okay I can go with that. Yeah, okay. It it not only does it center around Mark Ruffalo's relationship with his wife, <laughs> but it's also him learning how to love himself again. <sighs> and yes, I was doing the Mark Ruffalo thing t- to pad this the whole time. I had a plan. I don't think it's him loving himself again. I think it's him loving music again, which I guess yeah, is a part that of too. Himself, but but I, I, he was very self-loathing at the beginning, and by the end, he was he was able to get back to loving himself again and accepting himself for who he is. Plus he, you know, I've seen just, the movie. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great movie. Hulk he's, smash. He's born yeah. in Kenosha, Wisconsin. So if he's ever there, people let me know. I'll drive down there to stock him. I will go with you in a heartbeat. <laughs> <laughs> All right. My number one, I went classic for this one. My number one is 1960s, the apartment directed by Billy Wilder. I absolutely adore the apartment. I had to do a quick shout out John to liked. my old high school <laughs> film teacher, uh, Mr. Billings, who offhand mentioned it one day when I was TA. And for some reason, it stuck in my head. And five years later, I found a copy of it and watched it. And I absolutely adored this movie. It's it feels like a timeless romance, even though it came out in 1960. Jack Lehman and uh, I can't remember the actress's name, but unbelievable chemistry. The the story itself 
is so powerful and it takes such a key part of the movie. There's usually when you have a romance movie, the romance is mixed up with something else. But I felt like the romance aspect of this movie was just so strong. And I love 1960s, the apartment. All right. My number one is, uh, well, it's already been mentioned, but it's also kind of a cheat. I went with the entire before trilogy um, because which would be your favorite though if you had to pick one if I had to pick one it would be Sunrise but the three of them work together as one story and I'm justifying it that way Um, because they are in themselves a beginning a middle and an end or you know potentially an end each one has they're just so true to life and just what you what you hope to see what you end up seeing and then what you hope you don't see in your own life but what is very possible and then it's just i can't say any more than we already did so that's all i got i I think i watched that entire trilogy in a day yep and it for the first time and it crushed me by the end of it i was Mm -hmm. emotionally drained Mm -hmm. it's rough but it's so good honorable mentions there's a lot of things that have been mentioned the apartment immediately leave it off blue valentine i wanted to have on my list once i wanted to have on my list Wally, I wanted to have Silver Wally. <laughs> we're we're going to stop including that Wally movie on, there too. on your list. You, Jonathan, you, you can't put Wally on Wally. any more of your lists. We're going to have to instill a... Wally! <laughs> <laughs> that space flight scene? Are we going to have to have a timeout corner for the movies? <laughs> Everybody got that. That's, ter- that's horrific. Um, those are just some of the top ones that came to my mind. I was going to say, John, I don't think we have time to go through all the romance that's, that's, that's movies all, you like. We don't want to do your whole top 30 today. Not today. My honorable is forgetting Sir Marshall, Amelie, oh, yeah. Silver Linings Playbook, 500 Days of Summer, 40-Year-Old Virgin, 51st Dates, Brooklyn, and then Love and Drugs. I had no honorable mentions. Because I had you don't like the romance movies? movies? Is that why? That is why. Uh, the three, I had to cut a lot off, but the three I want to mention, Paul Thomas Harrison's Punch Drunk Love, very emotionally powerful, but the movie you got to really feel. I also felt very bad leaving off Wes Anderson's Moonrise Kingdom and also Alexander Payne's Sideways, because I adore Sideways and Moonrise Kingdom. Uh, my honorable mentions, the top ones are Her, Moonrise Kingdom, and Brooklyn, which are all fairly recent, but I would would watch most of them any day so all right whenever we, we record again we're going to be taking a look at now you see me too the conjuring 2 uh, warcraft uh, top yes. five is going to be top five sequels so whenever we get to that that's going to be tough uh, so that'll be a fun one though. I like sure. sequels. Are, are we saying that the sequels are better than the originals, or just no, a sequel just to no, any no, to no, be no. a sequel? That'd that be an unreasonable oh, request. So yes. we're whenever we record, we're going to talk about that later. But whenever we can record next, that's going to be what we do. So. This was Filmology. I am one of those co-hosts, Johnny G. Today I've been joined with... Nick Weninger in the Average Man Review. Andy Tiedemann. I still have nothing. Tyler is a follower of film. And Megan Hampson with nothing. Hey, we'll see you guys next week. Thanks for listening. Goodbye. Watch some movies. I'm singing in the rain. Just singing in the rain. What a glorious feeling I'm again I'm laughing at clouds so dark up above the sun's in my heart hello